more than environmental disaster, more than economic turmoil. It is about falling away from Christ. That is the greatest danger. Find out more on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. The book of Hebrews is a beautiful book that talks about the deity of Jesus Christ from chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, and in this episode we're in chapter 5 and 6. Paul, the author, takes a little bit of a discursus or a break. And we're going to have in the studio, we have Callie, Sebastian, and Israel. Hey, guys. Hello. And it's kind of as if, you know, Paul's preaching. And I think he is preaching here. And it's as if he talks about Melchizedek. Yeah. And it's (laughs) it's as if their eyes kind of glaze over. Right. And then he kind of goes a little bit into blasting mode. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We'll pray. But he says here in uh, verse 11, chapter 5, verse 11, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you've become dull of hearing. And then he goes into this chapter-long kind of blast about falling away from God and the dangers of that. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, And doesn't that happen to all of us? Yeah, we have these, uh, we are all in danger of of that. So uh, Israel, can you pray for us? And then Kelly, if you can read read from chapter 6, and then we'll get into this discussion. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we ask for your presence to be with us and that the words that we read would have an impact in our lives. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Can chapter 6, verse 9 through 12, please? Yes. But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Sebastian, read verse 19 and 20 for us. Yes. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Okay, so that after that blast, he does come full circle and comes back to Melchizedek, you know? And mm-hmm. there's some people, man, sometimes they go off on these tangents, you don't know where they're going, but then at the end, they always bring it back, <laughs> comes back to fair. Melchizedek, yes? Uh, Israel, can you kind of give us a recap of where, where have we been in Hebrews and from chapter 1 to chapter 5 yeah. and then bring us up to speed here? Yeah, so we talked about the fact that the book of Hebrews is actually a sermon mm-hmm. and in each of the, and, and it essentially consists of two parts, mm-hmm. a theological part, which I hate that word, and then also an exhortation part, mm-hmm. right? In other words, he's bringing out a, a, a doctrinal or spiritual truth. Teaching, teaching point and, yeah. then, and an ethical point. Right, and then, and then that ex, right now in chapter, the last portion of chapter 5 and, the, and all of chapter 6 is dealing with this third exhortation. Mm-hmm. He actually rebukes them, as you've said, end of chapter 5, he rebukes them. Mm-hmm. He gives us a warning in the beginning of chapter 6, okay. and then he doesn't leave us with the warning, but then he'll encourage us by the time we reach at the end of chapter six. Okay. And so that's kind of like the three cool. the three main things we're focusing on. We're focusing on the rebuke. He rebukes us. Yes. He gives us a warning in the beginning of chapter six, and then he encourages us. Let's go into those each of these parts. That, that sounds very good. Let's go to the rebuke. Israel, can you read that rebuke part for us? Sure. The, it, it begins in chapter five, 
And we talked about the fact that, you know, you're, you're dull of hearing. Verse 12 says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Mm -hmm. So essentially what we're saying is, look, how is it possible that after all this time, after all of your experience with Christ, after all your journey in following Christ, you are still drinking or eating the food of babes? Mm. Instead of you being teachers, you should now by this time be teachers. You yourselves are in need of teachers. Mm -hmm. And so that's the rebuke that he's given that, how is it possible that after all this time, you're still not grasping the things that are the, the meat, the spiritual the spiritual meat? It, it seems like there is simple stuff and advanced stuff here, right? Yeah. right? And yeah. then they, maybe in, in, in their experience, they've hit a ceiling and he's rebuking them. There is no ceiling when it comes to the word of God. You got to keep on growing. So that's right. And I, that's exactly what I was going to say is okay. that the Apostle Paul is, is suggesting that he believes that there should always be a progression, mm -hmm. right? It should always always be as you know my um, my wife's grandmother would say right a march right and a and a work right this is what you're doing so it's just like you're marching you're working you're marching you're working and Paul is expecting that there should be progress in the Christian life mm -hmm. he believes that we should never be this year in 2021 where we were last year right mm -hmm. and so and and for a lot of us the belief in progressing and recognizing that progressing in the Christian life is actually the key to deeper truths mm -hmm. and understanding because he's saying there's some beautiful stuff I want to give to you, but you can't even get it because you haven't progressed. Mm -hmm. So complacency is something that is what immediately leads to a certain blindness when it comes to reading scripture. The word of God, yeah. Because you just haven't progressed. Yeah, did you guys all hear that out there? Like if you're having, if you're reading the Bible and maybe you've downloaded the, the Inverse Bible Study Guides at inversebible.org, maybe you had this kind of ceiling in complacency. Maybe it's not the Bible, but maybe it's your experience that's causing that to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And I want to bring one other point here. He says, you should have been teachers, but you're not, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe at a certain point, rather than just learning, getting more information, information, that in your experience and teaching uh, the Word of God is what you need to get to that next, quote, next stage. Absolutely. Okay? Go to Callie and then Israel and then Sebastian. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sure. Um, yeah, I actually, what you said is kind of where I was thinking to mm. go is this isn't just a spiritual truth that you need to continue to progress um, in order to improve prove or you need to use what you have. It's true in everything. Um, it's true in exercise. Like if you're weightlifting, you need to continue to do more reps or higher weight to get strong. Yep. And if you just stay the same, you actually, it just Atrophy. goes away. Mm -hmm. It goes away. Um, and I think about, I'm a software engineering student and in the way I'm studying, I studied uh, a language, a uh, programming language called Ruby for a long time. Got really good at it. And then I started learning JavaScript and I have the privilege to be a TA at my school. So I still teach Ruby while I'm doing JavaScript. And while there's people kind of coming to the end of the program, they're like, man, I don't know how to use that first language. Like we took all those hard tests, we did all those projects and I forgot all of it, but I know it because I'm still teaching people at the beginning That's how right. to use Ruby. And so it's, it even helps me understand what I'm doing. I'm not, not trying to make this about programming languages. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you so it's many right. cool things. It's about programming <laughs> But what I love about seeing that is the way I actually grow as a JavaScript programmer is to remember what I've learned in Ruby and to 
have people ask me questions mm. that I not, never thought of asking. I just accepted it, like this is what we do in Ruby, it is what it is. Mm. But as I'm teaching people, like, well, why does it work that way? I'm like, that's a, that's a good question. Mm. And so then I go and study it further and I understand it better. And so I think your point about teaching is so important because we can kind of feel like, I remember when I was in high school, I told one of my mentors that I was like, you know, I don't feel like I can talk about Jesus yet because like, I don't know enough. Like I know like he saved me and that he loves me, but like I don't know everything. And very tongue in cheek, she's like, yeah, you should just go like hide in a cave and <laughs> then memorize the Bible. And once you do that, then you can tell mm. people about Jesus. Mm. And I pause for a second. I'm like, here, just speaking tongue you're being cheek. sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, and she's yeah. like, yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, we, we think that's ridiculous. And I could tell she's being sarcastic, but we have those kinds of expectations of I'm just drinking milk. So obviously I have nothing to give. Mm. I should wait till I've leveled up. Mm. And I'm like a really, really well-versed Christian. I'm mm. in the verse all the time. I know all this stuff. I'm, <laughs> I'm on inverse. inverse. <laughs> but it's like, but he's even rebuking them. Like you should have been using what you had. You should have been beyond this point. And I think teaching and sharing and being involved and being tested is such an essential step mm. of growing in maturity mm -hmm. in all these realms. Amen. Amen. Well said. Yeah. I love how the next part, chapter six, verse one, it, it begins to talk about what the milk versus the meat is. Mm. And I think the problem that we have as a church is that we've, we've, and, and what the milk, by the way, is what the, what, what's that first language, not the JavaScript, but the other one? Ruby. Ruby. Yeah, the Ruby. What the, yeah, what the Ruby is, <laughs> he, Ruby. She's gonna, he's going to define what the Ruby is here. It says, therefore, <laughs> leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us now move on to perfection. Notice what the, the Ruby principles are, right? <laughs> not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, mm. uh, towards faith of God, the doctrine of baptisms, laying out of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment, all these different things. In other words, it's like, look, you focus so much on these doctrinal things, like knowing cognitive knowledge of God, that you've forgotten that you have to move on be, be beyond a cognitive knowledge to an experiential mm. relationship with mm. Christ, mm -hmm. which ultimately is reflected in perfection, which is ultimately sanctification, which is which is becoming more and more and more like Jesus. Mm. And so what, what what has happened to the to the church in Hebrews is that they have lost sight of the fact that these challenges in life, that the hardships that they're going through are actually the next lesson book in helping them mm. to better understand the knowledge th that they've acquired over life, mm. uh, over life's difficulties Amen. and, and per, uh, perplexities. <laughs> and when you, when you think about exactly what Israel just addressed, right, is this is not just true for the Hebrews, it's true for us today, mm. right? The very truths that he's trying to teach them about the high priestly ministry of Jesus, as we've established in the very beginning of the season, is the very truth that is present to help you through the challenges that you're trying to endure, yeah. endure and that you're considering quitting because yeah. of it. Yeah. So it's like, well, yeah, you were robbed, you suffered this, right? But now you're just like, man, forget it, I'm throwing in the towel. And it's like, well, think about the fact you have someone seated on the throne, a king and a priest in heaven, right, on your behalf, who can overrule this situation and turn it for good. Mm. But this is the very truth I'm trying to teach you, but I can't mm. because you haven't progressed. Mm -hmm. So it's it's foundationally a, a, a part of our experience that when these issues come up, I love what Paul is saying here is that usually it's a problem at the foundational level. Mm -hmm. And when we start getting to higher level stuff, it exposes it. So then it's like, oh, see, the reason why you're having this problem is because you didn't lay a strong, a strong foundation. So we have to lay this foundation again mm -hmm. about what repentance is, what it means to have faith in Christ. What was your baptism really a symbol of? And that's why I feel as if 
people who progress older in life end up thinking this way as well about some of the simple teachings and truths of the church. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Amen. Kelly? I I'm thinking of other reasons why we don't progress. And I think one that I resonate with is I don't like to venture into unfamiliar territory. If I've mastered something, uh, I'd like to stay there because then I feel competent. I feel like I know what I'm doing. And to go back to programming, I remember when <laughs> I made that transition from, from Ruby to JavaScript and I was Again, very good Ruby programmer, but I started JavaScript and I'm like, dude, I, I can't build anything. I can't do the most simplest of tasks. I'd rather just go back to what I know. But what I, what I thought, I felt like I was regressing. Like I had all this progress. I'm such a great you know, thinker with programming, but I, I felt like I was, I was regressing when really I was leveling up. Mm. And it, we can confuse those feelings of this is difficult, so that means it's bad. Mm. Or I don't understand yep. it, which means it's not meant for me. Or we plateau and we feel like we're actually going downwards. And yeah. We don't know. It's not an accurate uh, uh, Diagno yeah. diagnostic of where we are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so we can be progressing when we don't feel like we are, but we actually are. Mm -hmm. Well, hold that thought, Callie. We're going to come back. We're going to program in a break <laughs> here, and we're going to come back and look at uh, verse 6, something that's impossible that Paul talks about. So stay with us. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Welcome back. We're in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4, and uh, we're talking about falling falling away and uh, the dangers of, of not, well, Kelly, we're talking about leveling up and plateauing. Yeah, yeah, yeah just about, because he's talking about progressing, just that our, I mean, we know this, but we need to be reminded of this, that our emotions do not match reality a mm -hmm. lot of the times. Yes. And so progress doesn't always feel like progress, but doesn't negate the fact that it is indeed progress. Yes. You awesome. know, it's, it's awesome. interesting, yeah. Justin, that it's a specific adaptation to impose demands. So your body naturally adapts to the demands that you impose upon it, mm -hmm. right? So stronger, faster, more agile people, more mobile people are that way because of the demands that are imposed upon the body. And the body naturally adapts to those demands. And to me, as we, we look here in Hebrews 6, right, in verse 4, where he talks about what happens if you fall away and how impossible that is, is because he's dealing with the fact that your spiritual muscles can have atrophied to such a point and you've received such benefits, right, that once you get to that place, we're contrasting complacency with this ultimate issue of falling away at the same time. Mm -hmm. And the results that happens of trying to get you back to that same phase again. So for some people who've achieved it, they've experienced it, and then they fall away is a very different experience for a person who's fresh in the world and been untouched by said demands. Mm -hmm. and, and this is why I believe that for Paul to build this connection from you're dull of hearing you're not progressing to all of a sudden it's impossible to even renew you if you fall away. After I've tasted all these things, he's trying to combine the concepts of growth and atrophy mm. and what happens as a result if you go from this point of growth and you're experiencing it and then you hit a point of atrophy. Well, let's actually read that passage, Sebastian. Mm -hmm. Let's go to chapter 6, verse 4 of Hebrews. Verse mm -hmm. 4, the Bible says, For it is impossible for those who are once enlightened to have tasted the heavenly gift, have become partakers of the Holy Spirit, have tasted the good word of God and, part and, and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away, to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. Mm. That is a heavy, heavy verse. 
Yeah. It's talking about Israel, you know, uh, the, the elements of sanctification that you talked about, having that encounter with Christ, having that uh, organic connection. And then for them to once, you know, they're there, and then they once they lose it, is it impossible for them again? Mm-hmm. That's what the Bible's saying. Yeah. Israel. Well, as, and we have to remember that as long as there is repentance, there is always forgiveness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's the ultimate portrayal of Scripture. As long as there's repentance, there's that's always the forgiveness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so God is in the business of, of giving us a gift of repentance, right? Mm-hmm. Here you're talking about a group of people who have finally will not will no longer accept Christ. And the pain that 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 uh, mm. that results of that of an individual who who came to Christ and then after tasting the goodness of Christ decides to walk away from it. Mm-hmm. And more than anything, this is uh, a warning of the peril of uh, how Kelly has presented already of not progressing. It is impossible for the Christian to plateau. You know, either moving forward or you're drifting away. Right. And that's the warning that Paul is trying to, to bring mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. It's like, look, there's no such thing as just like finally reach, reaching your plateau. This is not like a, like a business or like a, a you know, position of growth. You're either growing in Christ or you are drifting away to the point where one time you're going to just be indifferent to everything that God has mm-hmm. done for you. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we do know of people who have that experience, and, and yeah. repentance is the route to come back. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, uh, Sebastian. No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna You're mention a little handy brief. there. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> what that was. He's trying to swim. Uh, was swimming. I was trying to get my my dance on. Put him in um, some water. He'll but, move. <laughs> 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 so, when you look at the book of Hebrews, you also see going back to Israel's point about the exhortations earlier in the in the episode that there's a progression, right? He started off in chapter two saying, well, how shall we escape if we neglect, Mm -hmm. right? Now we're at a point where he's talking about falling away, right? So now we've gone from, okay, you see, it starts off as neglect. Then it's, you know, chapter four, where you refuse to enter, right? You hear his voice and you resist that voice and you refuse through unbelief to enter the rest that he has for you. Now we're at a point where we're talking about full on falling away and divorce. Mm where you're deciding, you know what, you're a great, you're a great wife. You've done everything perfect. I love you. You've been there for me. But this time right that we're in right now is just too difficult. I'm walking away. Mm. And it's like, I mean, how easy do you think it is to heal that relationship? Mm. And so I, I think it's important to see that Paul is progressively increasing his warnings throughout the book, you know, to go from yeah, you're just, you're going to drift away. It's just neglect, right? Don't pay proper attention to it. Now we're coming to a point where, yeah, you're actually falling away. Yeah. And you're just walking away. Yeah, let's keep on going here because uh, uh, Paul doesn't leave us there, yeah? I mean, there's right. some encouragement coming up, yeah? So, Callie, can you start reading from verse 9 onwards? Mm-hmm. But, beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yeah, that sounds positive. Yep, yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. Mm-hmm. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Okay, so why, do, why does Paul mention that? Why, what does he get? What's the point there? The church has obviously been kind, right? There's obviously good elements to the church. Mm-hmm. They have been, uh, they have been, you know, they have ministered mm-hmm. to the saints, and they still continue to minister. Mm-hmm. And what he's saying is, look, God is not unjust. Like everything that you're experiencing, the hardships that you're going through, don't think that God is going to waste that. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at the life of, uh, you look at the life of Joseph, right? I mean, 
out of all the people in scripture, the, the one that to me impacts me the most is the suffering of Joseph, right? Stripped away from his family at an early age, sold by his brothers. No one, no one would ever choose that life. But what I love about the story of Joseph is that as you recount, as he recounts everything that has happened to him, his life ends with that classic phrase, right? God will surely visit you and you will carry my bones. In other words, it's a legacy of, of devotion to God, meaning that there's not a trial that, 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 that befalls God's people that God will waste. And so he says, God, the God that we serve is not an unjust God. The challenges that you're going through in life, the difficulties that you're experiencing as a church, God is not unjust. He will remember and he will pay you back for every suffering. That you've, that you've done. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Amen. Let's keep going. Verse 11, Sebastian. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Okay, so that's a lot. That's more encouraging, more exhortation there. Yeah. Uh, Israel, from 13 onwards, please. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men indeed swear by a greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. Thus God determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of the promise, the immutability <laughs> of his counsel confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold on the hope set before Okay, us. we see the impossibility being a theme, uh, a word that's repeated over mm -hmm. there, yes. Yep. And then I'll, read, I'll, I'll finish that part. I know we read this before when we read it again, verse 19. This hope we have in this anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Why, why this impossible theme here? What, what, what is Paul getting at there? There are many things that seem impossible to us, right? We experience in, in, in our lives, we're experiencing something that might seem impossible. Mm -hmm. what, what I appreciate about this passage is that Paul is now lifting up our minds beyond our reality, right? It's talking about Jesus entering behind this veil or whatever. What that's talking about, what that's referencing is actually the inauguration of Jesus Christ as King, mm -hmm. right? When he enters, when, you, when, he, when Moses inaugurated the sanctuary, he passed through every compartment and blessed it, right? <laughs> And so it's talking about here the inauguration of Christ, meaning that while all this is going on, while all this seems impossible, don't forget that while all of these things that we're going through seem impossible, don't forget the Jesus of Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, right? Mm -hmm. that, the, that, the, that the man who is God himself, mm -hmm. that the man who is touched with the feelings of, of our infirmities, mm -hmm. that the one who became a human being in order to save us, that this God is sitting at the right hand of the throne of God and is, and is uh, moving circumstances on our behalf to make us to make us one with him, to be saved mm -hmm. forever. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it looks, he's, he's contrasting the impossibility 
of 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 uh, what is it? Verse uh, verse four. Yeah. That that uh, having been fallen away, and contrasting that with the impossibility that once God says something or God does something, it's going to be done. Yeah. Right. right? These two things are being are, are being juxtaposed, and which of these two are you going to fall into? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and when Jesus says the immutability of his oath, meaning Jesus being king, or his promise that Jesus was going to be foretold, these are things are for sure. So keep believing them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is where the encouragement is coming from. So impossibility versus impossibility. The choice Correct. is yours. And, and I mean, who, who doesn't know what it's like to be in a situation that seems impossible? Mm. I mean, I think that's the critical thing. And, and specifically here, when, it, when in Hebrews is talking about our own spiritual decline, we've seen ourselves get to a place where we don't like where we are spiritually. And many times it can seem impossible, right, to come out of that specific spiritual situation. And to see that on the other side, the things that God promises, right, that I'm able to save to the uttermost, right, those who come unto God by Jesus Christ. When God says, I cannot lie and I promised you eternal life before the foundation of the world. In Titus 1 and 2, it's like, well, he can't lie. <laughs> so when my situation seems impossible, I have to decide which impossibility am I going to embrace and focus upon. Mm -hmm. What's going to be my internal voice, my compass that says, do you go with the impossibility of yourself or do you go with the impossibility that God cannot lie? Mm -hmm. And based on my ability to embrace that is going to determine the outcome of the situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I love, I, I love, you know, Martin Luther said, when I look at myself, it's impossible to see how I can be saved. Mm -hmm. When I look at Christ, it's impossible to, for me to see how I can be lost. Yep. Mm -hmm. And we have the, we have the ability to choose between which impossibility we're going to, we're going to choose. Mm -hmm. The impossibility to save ourselves or the impossibility of God to fail in saving us. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On that note, how many of you out there have this impossibilities in your life? How many of you know of people who have stepped away from the faith? Or perhaps maybe you are watching this and you think about in your past that you've had a time where you were much more spiritual than you are now. Now is the opportunity where God is giving you to repent. Repent is just merely another word saying to stop and turn around and ask the Lord for the impossibility to fail to come into your life. That impossibility of God's oath, God's promise to you to be, be, to be real in your life. I don't know about you, but this makes all of us, whether you're spiritually good or bad, to be sticking with God, who is after the order of the, of the, the priesthood of Melchizedek. What is that order of Melchizedek? We're going to continue studying that priesthood in our journey in the book of Hebrews. He is of the order of Melchizedek that cannot fail. He is in heaven right now. And I don't know, Hebrews is becoming one of my favorite books. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be quoting this more and more and more. I want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org and continue studying the Bible study guides online or through our app on uh, social um, on, on social media comments as well, but also in our app stores and Apple and Android under the rubric of so, uh, Sabbath School. Uh, we have so many resources all out for you. It is impossible for you <laughs> not to study the Bible. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week here on Inverse. God bless you.
You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.